Welcome to the Course in Miracles podcast. Before the ayahuasca, before the Course in Miracles podcast. I'm going to actually have to check. I'm going to have to check which lesson we are on because sometimes I get a little ahead of myself. Yeah, lesson 169. Lesson 169. So it's been a it's been a long haul and each and every one of you is doing a great job. And I appreciate each and every one of you as I've said multiple times, I'm healing up a really good this arm of mine. There's this course lesson. I don't know if we've had it at this point, have we? I am not a body. I am free. I am still as God created me. Have have we been there? I can't even recall. It's all just sort of blending into one, but I am not a body. I am free. Well, uh, bullshit course in miracles because, because this broken arm sure hurts. It's, it's certainly informing me that I am a body. So again, I'm just pointing to the this, we don't want to spiritually bypass. Yes, technically, we are not a body. We get it. But you stub that toe and you find out that you are, in fact, a body. But we are, of course, ultimately pointing to this beautiful, transcendent, metaphysical reality that the Course, the Course in Miracles, gives us access to as the result of practicing these lessons and very simply spending time with God preferably in the morning and before you go to bed, do your best. I, I will very often just do the, the third step prayer from the 12 steps from the predominant recovery program. But uh, you can do it however you'd like. It's, I believe it was the prophet Muhammad said uh, there are 10,000 ways to God. Course of Miracles is just one of those ways. Uh, traditional Christian route is just one of those ways. 12 steps, is just one of those 10,000 ways. And then that leaves 9,997 other ways for one to find their way to God. I was mentioning the other day, I've been reading the Psalms and I've been reading, I read the, um, what was the book? The, it's like the, why is it slipping my mind? I just read the entire thing. Um, it's just a, a a book of the Bible for, it's all about uh, Proverbs, the book of Proverbs. It's all about right action. It's basically like a manual for how to behave. And that is a way to God. Just behave the way that it says to behave in the book of Proverbs, and you will find your way to God. Just behave as that book says to behave always, and you will find your way to God. Practice being kind to every single person you encounter without question, always, no matter what, including yourself, and you will find your way to God. So without further ado, lesson 169, by grace I live, by grace I am released. Grace is an aspect of the love of God, which is most like the state prevailing in the unity of truth. It is the world's most lofty aspiration, for it leads beyond the world entirely. It is past learning, yet the goal of learning for grace cannot come until the mind prepares itself for true acceptance. 
Grace becomes inevitable instantly in those who have prepared a table where it can be gently laid and willingly received. An altar clean and holy for the gift. So prepare your table, people, because grace becomes inevitable instantly in those who have prepared a table where it can be gently laid and willingly received. That's just one of those, and says an altar clean and holy for the gift. That's just one of those Course in Miracles snippets that just makes you go, damn, damn, that's beautiful. Grace is acceptance of the love of God within a world of seeming hate and fear. By grace alone, the hate and fear are gone. For grace presents a state so opposite to everything the world contains that those whose minds are lighted by the gift of grace cannot believe the world of fear is real. Grace is not learned. The final step must go beyond all learning. Grace is not the goal this course aspires to attain. Yet we prepare for grace in that an open mind can hear the call to waken. It is not shut tight against God's voice. It has become aware that there are things it does there, it has become aware that there are things it does not know and thus is ready to accept a state completely different from experience with which it is familiarity at home, which it is, which it is familiarly at home. We have perhaps appeared to contradict our statement that the revelation of the father and the son as one has been already set. But we have also said the mind determines when that time will be and has determined it. And yet we urge you to bear witness to the word of God, to hasten the experience of truth and speed its advent into every mind that recognizes truth's effects on you. Oneness is simply the idea God is. And in his being, he encompasses all things. No mind holds anything but him. We say God is, and then we cease to speak, for in that knowledge, words are meaningless. This lesson is on fire. There are no lips to speak them, and no part of mind sufficiently distinct to feel that it is now aware of something not itself. It has united with its source, and like its source itself, it merely is. So I'm going to go back and read this 5-3. So if you read through it, there's the Course in Miracles is kind of laid out similarly to the Bible. There are like chapters and verses and then sub, sub-verses or sub-chapters. No mind holds anything but him. We say, quote, God is, and then we cease to speak. For in that knowledge, words are meaningless. So you could just say God is is and just chill just do that all day long god is and cease to speak for in that knowledge words are meaningless so that is lesson 165 number five dash four so paragraph five sentence four we cannot speak nor write nor even think of this at all It comes to every mind when total recognition that its will is God's has been completely given and received completely. It returns the mind into the endless present where the past and future cannot 
be conceived. It lies beyond salvation, past all thought of time, forgiveness, and the holy face of Christ. The Son of God has merely disappeared into his Father as his Father has in him. The world has never been at all. Eternity remains a constant state. This is beyond experience we try to hasten. Yet forgiveness, taught and learned, brings with it the experiences which bear witness that the time the mind itself determined to abandon all but this is now at hand. We do not hasten it. In that what you will offer was concealed from him who teaches what forgiveness means. All learning was already in his mind, accomplished and complete. He recognized all that time holds and gave it to all minds that each one might determine from a point where time was ended when it is released to revelation and eternity. We have repeated several times before that you but make a journey that is done. So in other words, you're already there. The self, the self with a capital S is just waiting to shine forth. And the clouds that are in the way of that self shining forth are the, the protruding thoughts of the ego. And so uh, David Hawkins is constantly saying that enlightenment is just, it's a state of, it's just a state that's already there. And our job is just to remove the clutter that stands in the way. For oneness must be here. Whatever time the mind has set for revelation is entirely irrelevant to what must be a constant state forever, forever as it always was, forever to remain as it is now. We merely take the part assigned long since and fully recognized as perfectly fulfilled by him who wrote salvation script in his creator's name and in the name of his creator's son. There is no need to further clarify what no one in the world can understand. When revelation of your oneness comes, it will be known and fully understood. Now we have work to do, for those in time can speak of things beyond and listen to words which explain what is to come is past already. Yet what meaning can the words convey to those who caught the hours still and rise and work and go to sleep by them? Suffice it then that you have work to do to play your part. The ending must remain obscure to you until your part is done. It does not matter, for your part is still what all the rest depends on. As you take the role assigned to you, salvation comes a little nearer, each uncertain heart that does not beat as yet in tune with God. I'm going to read that again. As you take the role assigned to you, Salvation comes a little nearer each uncertain heart that does not beat as yet in tune with God. So what that's saying is that when we accept our mission, when we accept, when we accept our missions as miracle workers, salvation gets closer to those who are not with God yet. And so I'm constantly bringing up this example this is what happens in the traditional recovery community. So people in the recovery community start to, to start to take the role that has been assigned to them. And then as the result of that, all of the other addicts drifting around in the ghettos, 
right, become that have not, their hearts do not beat in tune with God yet. They become a little nearer. Salvation comes a little nearer to them. And I have literally, literally, literally saved people's souls in one conversation with one conversation. And I don't say that in a haughty way, but because my recovery was such a profound experience, it makes it possible to create that profound experience in another human being who is still in their mind very far away from God. And the reason I was able to become that was because people became that before I did. I got sober as the result of <laughs> the worst partier ever. Just, you know, that you ever party and you know there's that one party person that's just the worst. I got sober as the result of the worst, the worst partier ever. <laughs> and he had like seven years sober when I reached out to him. And this dude was awful. He was the most awful person to party with. He is the reason that I am talking to you now. He's the one who introduced me to spiritual concepts, to the spiritual way of life. Forgiveness is the central theme that runs throughout salvation, holding all its parts in meaningful relationships. The course it runs directed and its outcome sure. And now we ask for grace, the final gift salvation can bestow. Experience that grace provides will end in time, for grace foreshadows heaven, yet does not replace the thought of time, but for a little while. The interval suffices. It is here that miracles are laid, to be returned by you from holy instance you receive, through grace in your experience, to all who see the light that lingers in your face. What is the face of Christ but his who went a moment into timelessness and brought a clear reflection of the unity he felt an instant back to bless the world? Wow, that is gorgeous. What is the face of Christ but his who went a moment into timelessness and brought a clear reflection of the unity he felt an instant back to bless the world? So, so back to the example, this, this horrific example of a party person. In my book, his name is James. He went a moment into timelessness. He transcended the world as the result of his recovery. And then he brought back a clear reflection of the unity, the unity that exists within the recovery community. He felt an instant back to bless the world. That is absolutely magnificent. That's 13, that's uh, lesson 169, verse 13, sentence three, or paragraph 13, sentence three. Look it up. Be grateful to return as you were glad to go an instant and accept the gifts that grace provided you. You carry them back to yourself. And revolution stands not far behind, or revelation stands not far behind. Its coming is ensured. We ask for grace and for experience that comes from grace. We welcome the release it offers everyone. We do not ask for the unaskable. We do not look beyond what grace can give. 
For this we can give in the grace that has been given us. Our learning goal today does not exceed this prayer, yet in the world, what could be more than what we ask this day of him who gives the grace we ask as it was given him? By grace I live, by grace I am released, by grace I give, by grace I will release. I will release. And that's the little prayer that we're going to say. Now, this is one of those longer lessons, and this there is just some beatific gold. Some of these sentences are profound. So again, I encourage you to read through this stuff yourself. And then I further challenge you to teach me something I don't know, because there's so much buried in here. I was reading... I was reading the book today, the text, not the course. I was reading the text. And there's just some stuff that I had underlined like multiple times. I had it underlined or highlighted in yellow, fluorescent yellow. And then on top of fluorescent yellow, I had it uh, highlighted in pink. So it's yellow and pink, which turns it into this beautiful highlighter, sort of pinkish orange, yellowish color. It's gorgeous. And I'm reading the stuff that I have. It, it was so meaningful to me that I had to outline it or highlight it twice in two different colors at two different times. And I'm just like, what is It's like I'd never read it before. But it meant so much to me the first time I read it and the second time. And now the third time, it's like I've never read it before. I'm like, what is this? What does this mean now? It meant something seven, eight, nine, ten years ago when I first highlighted it. Then it meant something new like eight years ago or seven or six years ago when I highlighted it. And now 13 years or 12 years after I started reading the course and studying the course, it means something totally new. So it's, it's completely, this stuff is mind boggling. You could literally spend three, four, five hours a day in this stuff and barely scratch the surface. That's why it's really amazing to watch people like, i listen to people like Ken Wapnick, and even Miriam Williamson and some of the other uh, course ministers, David Hofmeister and Gary Vernarchek, I believe his name is, because um, they have they everybody's got like a different take on the same thing. And really, if you're going to dumb this whole thing down, forgive, 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 just forgive, always and forever, no matter what. I caught myself being shitty today, like I just did. I just caught myself being judgy and snarky and talking trash about this guy who's, you know, he is what he is. But in that moment, I completely lost access to the grace I am supposed to grant this person. And not from a haughty place, not you're a douche and I'm going to forgive you, but you, but, but from the place of you are a child of God, just like I am. And your supposed douchiness is really just my own that I am seeing projected onto you. There's something about myself I can't be with. So I'm going to point my finger at you and make you wrong because I make myself uncomfortable. But in learning to love and accept you, I learn to love and accept myself. And we all, this entire universe gets one little notch closer to the promised land. Mm. This stuff is beautiful. This stuff is so beautiful. 
You are a wonderful human being. I love you. I bless you. God loves you. JC is looking out for you. The angels and saints are watching along with the great rays. You want to have a little fun? Do a little research. Find out what you can about the great rays in Course in Miracles. Do some great rays Googling. Really, really fascinating, mind-boggling, beautiful, beatific stuff. Talk to you next time. Bye-bye.